Brilliant. We all comfy? Great. Shall we stand for, uh, for a reading? If you question like, whether we're Anglican here, we're very Anglican. We, we stand for the gospel. So Luke 17 from verse 20, if you got it. Once on being asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, Jesus replied, the coming of the kingdom of God is not something that can be observed, nor will people say, here it is, or there it is, because the kingdom of God is in your midst. Then he said to his disciples, the time is coming when you will long to see one of the days of the Son of Man, but you will not see it. People will tell you, there he is, or here he is. Do not go running off after them, for the Son of Man in his day will be like the lightning, which flashes and lights up the sky from one end to the other. But first he must suffer many things and be rejected by this generation. Just as it was in the days of Noah, so also it will be in the days of the Son of Man. People were eating, drinking, marrying, and being given in marriage up to the day Noah entered the ark. Then the flood came and destroyed them all. It was the same in the days of Lot. People were eating and drinking, buying and selling, planting and building. But the day, of Lot, the day Lot left Sodom, fire and sulfur rained down from heaven and destroyed them all. It will be just like this on the day the Son of Man is revealed. On that day, no one who is on the housetop with possessions inside it should go down to get them. Likewise, no one in the field should go back for anything. Remember Lot's wife. Whoever tries to keep their life will lose it, and whoever loses their life will preserve it. I tell you, on that night, two people will be in one bed. One will be taken and the other left. Two women will be grinding grain together. One will be taken and the other left. Where, Lord? They asked. He replied, where there is a dead body, there the vultures will gather. This is the word of the Lord. Amazing. Do take a seat, everyone. Um, our wonderful Andy, who's our youth pastor here, is going to come and speak to us today. Um, while uh, we're just going to pray for him for a moment, but young people, well, what he has to say is power and wonderful and all good. For those who maybe need help a little bit with attention spans, I think he's slightly younger, we're going to have some Lego and a roll of paper down here for you to catch what you feel like God is doing in our midst right now. And we can maybe share it afterwards and release it to everyone else. So once we've prayed for Andy, I'm going to set it up down here um, and you can come and help me with that. But can we um, reach out a hand towards Andy as we pray? Now, with the kids, we do drain pipes. So we do hand up to heaven to catch and then hand out the other way to release. Um, you can do that too if you like. A little bit of a drain pipe. You feel like you're kind of like, ha-ha. Um, <laughs> anyway, um, Father God, we thank you for Andy. We thank you that he is a man of, uh, of God, that he deeply loves you. We thank you for his uh, rich character and his integrity, how he seeks you with every part of his being. And Lord, we thank you for how you've um, spoken to him and revealed yourself to him in this passage today. And God, will we um, help us to have ears to hear what you have said through Andy today. We bless his words and thank you for the fertile ground that it's going to land in and the seeds are going to grow and be sown in it. 
So bless him today. And uh, yeah, amen. Amen. Are we on? Are we on? <laughs> Booming voice. So, I come with good news and challenging news for all of us this morning. <laughs> Don't mind Holly, it's just normal life with Holly. So, I come with good news. Do you want good news or challenging news first? Good. <laughs> good. good news. The good news is that Jesus has just said to us that the kingdom is in our midst right now. That the kingdom of heaven, this place where God is ruling and reigning with power and love and his ways for his people and he's coming back and restoring heaven and earth back to one that's always meant to be in this amazing thing where just freedom and joy and peace are just found, is here in our midst today. That's the good news. Thanks. See you later. The challenging news that we read in this passage is that in order to find this place and live amongst it with all these amazing benefits, is that Jesus says to us, we must choose to lose our life, to find life. And that isn't a very glamorous moment to lose your life. And it's pretty opposite to everything we hear or are fed by uh, social media or technology or anything like that. But Jesus promises that life is found when we choose to lose it for him. So... I want Holly Drapes, if you just grab a mic, I just want you all to just think right now, okay, if you had to describe in one sentence, okay, the summary or the most important parts of Jesus' teachings, what would that be? Okay? If you had to describe in one sentence the summary of everything Jesus is going on about, what would that be, okay? And I want two or three people to be really brave and go for it. Yes. Follow me. Follow, Follow me. me. Nice. Awesome. Any more for any more? Yeah, down here. What about? Uh, Jesus, the Son of God, came to earth so that the sons of men could become sons of God. Come on. Love it. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, and all your strength. One down there. Yeah, go on. This is the last one. And love your neighbor as yourself. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> Part two. That was like planned or something. That felt <laughs> amazing. So I also just want to say, I'm not a teacher. No. Yes. Everything you said is perfectly accurate. But do you know that Jesus talks about the kingdom of heaven, I think, more than any other topic? Do you know, in Matthew alone, the book of Matthew, he mentions the kingdom, or the kingdom of heaven, 
more than 50 times, which worked out is one and a half times per page. So one and a half times per page, Jesus is talking about this thing called the kingdom of heaven. So it made me go, oh yeah, we just had this amazing moment where we glory to God in the highest in the kingdom. And, and I'm like, I think and talk about that all the time. Yeah, what actually is the kingdom of heaven? We, like, I had like an honest thought to myself. And I was like, the king, when I think of the kingdom of heaven, I probably think of somewhere up, for some reason up, with clouds happening, where God is hanging out, and he's sort of like dripping in and here and there to earth, and Jesus sort of, does that make sense? Do you sort of think of a similar thing? Maybe not. Maybe not. I just need to get on with my, my own thing. Yet Jesus talks about the kingdom of heaven so much. So my, to my best understanding from reading some things, listening to some commentaries and things like that, my best sort of definition, almost, I can check with Paddy after when he sort of sets me down and goes, it's wrong, is that the kingdom of heaven is where God's ways rule and reign takes place. Where God's rule, reign, and ways take place. I did a little fun fact, which if you, some of you know David Engel, who sometimes talks, he's quite like, he's a nerd, <laughs> and he's, but he's awesome. And I, I did a little thinking about the word, you hear the word kingdom, but this word dom is actually a Latin word that's added on. And it actually means, the st- it brings like the state or the dominion of something. So if I said, oh, that Andy's talk was so... <laughs> I was full of boredom. Okay, that means that the state of that thing was just boring, right? That makes sense. It was boring, so it was boredom. When you think of kingdom, it means that the king is in the state or dominion of the place. Kingdom. So he is overseeing the state and having influence in it. I literally, it was quite hilarious. I was like, oh, we don't really have many sort of things like. I'm going to take over your kingdom or anything like that. I was like, oh wait, what do we live in? The United Kingdom. Well, we have a king who, I don't know what he's doing, but he's, he's overseeing this land, right? He governs responsibility and law and looks over all of the UK, right? That's his role. That's exactly what God is like with heaven that he is ruling and reigning and overseeing, yet Jesus promises in this moment that the kingdom of heaven is here. It's not just up there or somewhere else. He says in lots of different translations, the kingdom is here, the kingdom is near, the kingdom is at hand. Or my favorite one by a guy called N.T. Wright says, the kingdom is within grasp. And I was like, mm, that's an interesting, what does that even mean? And when I think about within your grasp, it means you're not a passive like, member. You're not just watching God do stuff in the kingdom of heaven and you're just sat back because you're not like, part of it. That he actually invites you to take hand of or grasp or be in his kingdom with him. So, does that make sense? So, 
literally from Genesis 1, page 1. Does anyone know where this sort of rule or reign language comes in? It's like countdown. Anyone know? What's that? With Adam and Eve. Yes. So he says this thing. So he makes Adam and Eve in his image, who he loves, right? He loves them, so he's made them in his image. And he gives them a job to subdue and reign over basically everything. All the creatures, all the birds, all the things in the sea. I give you permission to rule over them. And that exactly shows that God's heart is not to sort of like almost this sort of dictator who's like, I'm going to tell you everything, you're going to do it. He gives you opportunity to partner with him. He's, his original plan A intention was to go, I want to partner with you in ruling and reigning over this earth. But as we know, he invites us onto his throne. We are, due to Jesus, a co-heir. But that's because Jesus has brought us there. It's not now your God. It's now you're invited into his rule and reign and ways, which is amazing. So when we look at this passage and he says the kingdom is in your midst, he's saying it is here now for us. And he's saying I'm here. He's the bridge between heaven and earth. And it now means today, we've heard stories this week of testimonies of God moving in our life and all these things, that the kingdom has arrived for today, which is the good news. Now I'm going to kick you in the teeth. Well, I'm not. Jesus is going to do that. But he asks you, in order to step into this kingdom with him, that you first choose to lose yourself for it. Again, I was thinking, I was like looking around, you know, I go to schools or things like that, and I look around, and every, I feel like everything the world pushes at us is meant to bring freedom, yet completely does the opposite, and people aren't aware. We are aware when we've come to God, and it's like Paul, like the scales lift off your eyes. I know I felt like that, and I was like, what am I even on about? Because you realize all these temporary sort of quick fix things aren't actually bringing you freedom and life. I, um, I don't know who I was talking to, but someone was like, have you ever noticed that the sort of God doesn't really do like a quick thing? Like he's not a quick fix sort of like, that's kind of only what the world will offer you, a quick temporary solution. Yet Jesus always takes you through like a longer and more steady process in order to reap something that's actually worth it. Like joy and real peace because you've actually been refined and gone through things with him in order to stay steady. Pete Gregg said God moves in two ways. He moves slow and suddenly. I don't know, that's so accurate. Like, right now, something amazing can just be going on. Someone's ill and they just get healed, and it's like, that was quite sudden. What? Well, Jesus suddenly just does something. It's like, whoa. But then other moments, 
he's slow. He's walk, like he's walking to like the festivals. <laughs> like I don't know, God could have just gone and just teleported, which sometimes we see like on the boat. He just zooms off somewhere. Yet he's slow and he enjoys people coming in his way when he's going somewhere. God likes moving like that with us. He likes the slowness to really teach us and grow something worth it. We live in this culture, which is, you know, I hear as the fatherless generation, you know, the most damaged mental health place, anxiety and depression. Dad's not around, marriages breaking and flimsy, people addicted to their phones. I think I heard something crazy. It was like average teenager or something was around like five hours or something crazy. But just some crazy stat of there's just consumption, which is actually meant to be connecting us and making us better. Yet it's actually damaging and breaking us. So... I pose to you a question today, which is for all of us, and is a daily question. Firstly, are we aware that God's kingdom is in our midst and in our lives today? Are we aware that it's in us? Are we aware of what God's kingdom's really like? That it's his rule and reign, but the best rule and reign He showed us what a king looks like. He came to earth to serve and to die for the sake of others to have opportunity. I don't know many sort of kings who would go through that style of life. Probably want more power or control or money or these things that feel like they give us something more. Yeah, he's the, best, he's the best king. So I pose to you today, are you aware that God's kingdom is here today? And are you willing to partner with him by losing yourself today? And this isn't just a one-time job, but then you can just go about your day and the week and you just don't think about it. It's a daily choice to lose ourself for him. Yet God's really kind and gracious and amazing and that he actually from that blesses us. He gives us life, gives us peace and joy and all these fruits of the spirit that come from that. He doesn't just leave you in the lurch and you're just sad and lonely because you're like, oh, I've got no like, life now. He promises you true life, meaningful, eternal purpose Promises you a good future and things are going to outlast yourself. Last thing. (laughs) That passage is challenging, even more so for I got hit by it because, you know, when it talks about Noah, that people were buying, I think they were buying and selling and uh, even getting married. And then God came and wiped the earth clean. And start with Noah. I'm, <laughs> I'm getting married. I thought that was a good thing. It is a good thing. <laughs> yeah. It is a good thing. Thanks for the confirmation. It is a good thing. However, the challenge that posed to me was 
Am I just going about through the motions of life, both good and bad? When it's sort of bad and we're doing stuff we know we shouldn't be doing, that isn't God's way, we're like quick to sort of like, yes, I know I shouldn't be doing that and I need, you know. But what about the good thing? The seem good, like marriage and there's all these other things, or buying that property so you can help people, whatever. Are you doing that for God's glory? Or are you just going about the motions because that's just what humans do and we go through the life? Are we aware that God's kingdom is here now and focusing on what he is leading us into, not just going about life. So, my questions are, are we aware of what God's kingdom's really like? Because when you really are aware of these things, what his kingdom is like and who he is, then what a joy it is to lay down your life. What a joy it is to deny yourself and how moments it sucks as well. Yet, it's for something better than yourself. You're doing it for him, and he sees you, and he is rewarding you. And guess what? It probably isn't just for you. He's doing it for the people around you, affecting their life with love and kindness and opportunity. Are we aware of God's kingdom? Are we willing to choose today to give our lives to him, to receive life? So good news is, (laughs) his kingdom is in our midst. It's here now for us to partake in with him. There's freedom and there's joy and there's life and there's purpose. There's so many amazing things to have relationship with the one who actually made you. Yet my challenge I leave with you, are you willing to lose yourself for him? I'm going to do, sorry, I said last thing, one last thing. Is that okay? Jesus chose to lose his life for you. For not just uh, the world, he's thinking of you in that time. So if Jesus chose to lose his life for you today, how much more should I be choosing to lose myself for him? I'm probably not going to have an opportunity where a cross is presented before me and to choose whether I'm going to be nailed in it. Yeah, I have a daily choice in the people around me, in my relationships, in my, how I live my life, how I steward the things I have. Am I going to choose to lose my thinking and my ways? Because he's done that for me. So... I think what would be awesome is just to get team back on, and worship team, yeah, sorry. And um, I just want to have a mo- like a one-to-one moment with you and God to just present that question in your heart and just be real. It's not just, yeah, 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 and just be honest because that will look different to each one of us and what we need to lose. Some of us are going to have different things. Some of us are going to have different struggles, whatever. God still presents it to us today. But I promise you, we will find life and life to its full. So, Lynn, can I welcome you up? Would you just stand with me? Um, 
and holes. Yeah, you go look at the Lego. So, just do whatever you need just to sort of center yourself on him. I think let's just be still for a moment. And I just want to pray, Holy Spirit, you just come and come and just be with us. Just invite your kingdom into this place. <laughs>